Welcome back, everybody, to the, the second episode of the Going Coastal podcast. Uh, I'm one of your three co-hosts, John Miller, uh, along with Heather Wade and Marissa Torres. For the today's broadcast, we're going to be, uh, Marissa and I are going to tag team this. Last week, we got a chance to introduce ourselves and to talk a little bit about what we uh, had planned for this podcast. Today, we're actually really excited because we have the real brains, the real momentum behind uh, the student and new professional uh, chapter of ASPPA, um, and that is Eve Eisman uh, from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Engineer Research and Development Center, who is the uh, president of the Student and New Professionals chapter, and Taylor Zimmerman uh, from McLaren Engineering, who is the vice president of the, the new chapter. So I'd like to, to welcome Eve and Taylor to the show. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. It's, it's great to have you. So I think the first thing that we wanted to do is to uh, find out a little bit about um, about each of you. So uh, Eve, why don't we start with you and why don't you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your background, your academic background, professional background? Yeah, sure. So my academic background starts out with a bachelor's degree in geology. Um, I was always a nature kid. I loved, you know, hanging out in the woods, digging around. I loved hanging out in creeks and streams, and I got into geology by um, taking a class during my senior year at the local university um, and worked a little bit in the sedimentology lab with a professor who studied stream bank erosion in um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And I was like, this is super cool. I I just loved the natural systems and then kind of ended up falling into geology Uh, after taking a Geology 101 class, which I think is common for a lot of geologists. They don't know what geology really means until they take that first intro class, and then they're like, wow, this is it. So I got my Bachelor's of Science in Geology and um, ended up moving into the coastal realm after uh, doing a summer student fellowship at Woods Hole Oceanographic with some of the coastal scientists there. And um, from there, you know how it goes. I mean, a lot of scientists kind of just go with the go with the breeze, go with the current, maybe to make a pun. So, uh, a researcher who was doing his postdoc at Hui at the time then en- ended up being my master's advisor, and that's when I made the move to Mississippi. Um, did my master's in marine science with a focus in coastal geology, coastal geomorphology, and sort of fell in with the. Um, USACE, the Army Corps of Engineers team that is already on the coast. That's actually where we fly our national coastal mapping program out of. They um, utilize airborne laser scanning systems and imagers to map the coast on a repeat basis. So if anybody out there uses uh, large-scale LIDAR, topo, and bathymetric data that is pretty good chance it was collected by our office in Kill, Mississippi. Um, and so that's where I'm currently at. Uh, we've got plans for the future to carry on with uh, further graduate degrees, but um, yeah, that's my academic background <laughs> in a nutshell. Very cool. I actually had a graduate student from Lancaster, not Lancaster, but Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I've learned how to pronounce the, the name correctly. East Coast, East Coast towns are the most presumptuous to pronounce. Oh, yeah. We're mad if you say it wrong. No. <laughs> right. Especially Massachusetts. You spend time at Woods Hole. How many, how many weird words, did you, weird towns you learn to pronounce, you know? Yeah. Like Mattapoisit and like all those weird. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, towns there that have names based in Native American words, which is really cool. For sure. Yeah. But also leads to very long town names mm-hmm. can't uh can't go past Worcester without saying Worcester and don't forget Lemonsta, which is spelled nothing like how you'd pronounce it um but <laughs> with with the woods hole so you're saying you're coastal um you got into the coastal with woods hole and you met your advisor there and he was from Mississippi like how did you go from woods hole to Mississippi yeah very good question very far away so he's actually from Texas um and he did his studies at Rice University, um, Dr. Dobbin Wallace, just to call him out. And he, uh, you know, did a a few postdocs and one of them was at Woods Hole with Dr. Jeff Donnelly, who is 
a leading scientist in the realm of sea level rise, coastal geomorphology, stuff like that. So he and I were studying in the same lab at the same time. And he was like, hey, I uh, recently accepted a, you know, faculty position at the University of Southern Mississippi, which is, um, you know, the flagship coastal University of Mississippi, lots of Gulf research going on, um, similar to his background in Texas. So I took the dive. It was, it was a big change, you know, like, I mean, in this realm of study, a lot of us end up moving to places we've never been before, just because that's a good program, or that's where our future advisor is. And that was how it worked out for me. And uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, very interesting. So Taylor, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I obviously know a little bit about your background. But for those of you who don't, why don't you uh, fill us in on uh, what you've been doing and uh, how you got to where you are? Sure. Yeah. So I started off um, at Rowan University in South Jersey for my undergrad degree. Um, So I studied civil and environmental engineering there. And then I was introduced to coastal engineering at the 2016 um, ASCE National Conference in Portland, Oregon. So I think there was like a technical talk on something coastal and it was the first time I had ever heard of it. So I was super interested, um, researched it more and looked around and I found uh, John at Stevens. So through that, um, I connected with John at an event and then I ended up going to Stevens for my master's studying coastal engineering under John. So um, that was a great experience, had field work, um, along the New Jersey coast, primarily in Deal, doing um, drone surveys at the beach, which was awesome. Um, and I learned a lot of like different facets of coastal engineering. And that kind of brought me to where I am now. Um, I'm working as a marine engineer at McLaren, doing some inspection work, doing some drone work, um, pretty much Everything I've learned at Stevens, I've been able to apply here so far. Very cool. I'm not sure every coastal person or even every environmental person is able to say that they were able, they're right now able to apply everything to their current job. Very neat. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of um, aspects of what we did at Stevens that I've been very lucky to been able to apply um, at other places too. So definitely unique in that in that aspect all of this in spite of the in spite of your advisor wow you've made you've made some success of yourself um it's kind of interesting i actually i didn't realize it until we kind of sat down to do this that um you know there's an overlap between you know what you do taylor and what eve what you've been working on between uh you know remote sensing of uh of shorelines either using lidar or in taylor's case structure for motion and drones so very cool. You have a lot in common. Yeah. It's funny how we work together all the time, but it's rarely in, you know, the actual scientific or engineering realm. But yeah. So how did you guys um, first meet? Was it through ASBPA? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was at a conference maybe three years ago now. We spent a little bit of time uh, on our first uh, episode talking about how each of us kind of became involved with ASBPA and, and, the, and the student and new professionals group. And um, be interesting to kind of hear how each of you kind of learned about ASBPA and how you ultimately uh, came to be in your current positions as uh, president and vice president of the student new professionals chapter. Yeah, I think it's interesting because at Stevens, it seems like there's like ASBPA is kind of part of the coastal engineering experience um, from what, you know, there's a lot of students representing that show up to the conferences. Um, And that's really awesome. And I kind of wish that I had had that. But for me, I hadn't heard of ASBPA until I started working at Erdic. So um, the, you know, the core is very well represented at ASBPA, as many of you know. And so I was encouraged to submit an abstract for my first year uh, there, which is now four and a half years ago. Uh, showed up, thought it was awesome, you know, what a tight-knit 
small coastal community, everybody sharing information and knowledge, um, recognizing all the big names that I cited in all of my papers. Um, and I just thought it was awesome. And so um, I work you know, pretty closely with Katie Boucher, who at the time was the student new professional chair before we were a chapter, when we were a committee. And she kind of like pulled me out of the corner and was like, Eve, do you want to be the new chair? Because <laughs> she's like, I'm ready to be done with this. She was like moving on and up. And now she's like the science and technology chair or something like that. She's still on the board. Um, I don't remember what her formal position is anymore, but something cooler. And so she kind of pulled me in and was like, uh, please take this from to. me. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So I, I got involved that way. I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, it sounds great. It reminded me at the time of our like geo club in our geology department, which was just the best. Like it was a great culture, just, you know, students and new professionals, graduate students all together sharing experiences leaning on each other for advice and, you know, getting through this beginning of our scientific careers together. And so I, I was all for it. That's when I got involved. I think it's probably been f four years or so. I, I really got involved right away when I started my current job. So it's been a minute. Yeah. And now I have never uh, missed a year so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I didn't really join until I joined the Erdic. So um, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. And how about you, Taylor? Yeah, so I I learned about about um, ASBPA once I started at Stevens. So at first at Stevens, there's um, like monthly ish meetings of all the ASBPA members in the coastal group. So that's how I learned about ASBPA. Um, my first year at Stevens, I submitted an abstract, um, got accepted to. Or I guess my second year, or I guess my first year I presented. Um, yeah, I presented my first year. So I went to the conference, got to meet everyone. Um, and like Eve said, it was really cool to see and meet people in the field that maybe you've seen in papers or in books that you've read. So that was a, a really cool and eye-opening experience of how close the group is and um, even inspiring that to see these people at the conference, the same conference you're at. So it's been a great experience at ASBPA, seeing people, meeting people, and just connecting with with colleagues all around um, all around in America. Yeah, I, I personally think that conferences are one of the most um, valuable experiences that uh, I. I get professionally and students for sure get um, as they're beginning their career, that, that ability to, you know, learn about what other people are working on uh, to meet people um, in many cases, meet people that, you know, are the, are the names that you've read in the textbook, the, the sort of the luminaries, right? Right. They're like professional celebrities. You're just like, I remember the first time that I met like Rick Ludic, that one of the developers of AdCirc that I had been working with for a couple of years in grad school, I was like, Oh my goodness, you shook my hand. Like, it's famous. Like, and when, when I joined Erdic and like all of the people down at the Coastal Hydraulics Lab who like developed all of these tools and resources and, and databases that are just ubiquitous across the coastal community, it just felt like surreal. It was, it was really cool. I guess a, a, a follow up question to that. Is there anybody, um, either, Eva Taylor that, that, that you've met, um, through an ASBPA conference that you were like really excited to meet or, um, geeked out, I guess. Well, I mean, this is a person at Erdic, but because of my current location down on the coast, I don't get to hang out with the Erdic folks that much, but Jane Smith is like total rock star. Yeah. She's on a pedestal for me. She, First woman in the engineer, what is that recognition? Like National Engineer um, Society or I forget what it is. something even better than that? Yeah, like some Hall of Fame. I don't know what it is, but she is incredible. Um, not only can she do amazing research um, in, the air, in the field and has published so many incredible papers, but when she speaks, it's just inspiring. You know, like she knows how to deliver 
a message of like the future of the coast and the future of science. Um, and I just, I loved mingling with her at ASBPA. <laughs> I felt like so awkward being around her. Yeah, but she's pretty approachable though. I love that, you know. How about you, Taylor? Is there anybody that you uh, kind of were excited to meet? Yeah, the, the first person that comes to mind for me, I met Alex Renaud, who is, or at the time was working at the field research facility in Duck. So I hadn't heard of him specifically before, but I recognized the FRF. Um, so meeting him was really cool and kind of talking to somebody who worked at the FRF was, was a cool experience my first year of grad school, like just learning what the FRF was and all the, the work they've done. Yeah, well, both, I mean, Jane is definitely kick-ass. Like she is, as, as you said, um, just her ability to uh, put really complex topics and just the vision for what the future of the coast looks like um, into really plain language is something that, you know, certainly as a, as a researcher, I'm a little bit envious um, of how easy she makes it look because it's not really that easy. I mean, she epitomizes that, I forget whose quote, maybe Einstein said something about, if you can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it well enough. And she just really comes through with that. I want to also shout out Joan Pope, who is another like, you know, heavy hitter and incredible person, worked through a number of agencies, I think, but was with the Army Corps for a while and has just created a legacy of research um, and is still involved. Yeah, I, I could second that too. I um, I was reading a paper that I was using to cite for my thesis, read through the whole paper. I was like, wow, this is super helpful. I looked at who wrote it and it was Joan Pope. And I'm like, I, I met her at a couple of conferences. Like, how, how cool is that? Yeah, Joan's definitely another rock star. Um, so one of the things that uh, we did want to get into a little bit um, is Going Coastal is the podcast of the Student and New Professionals chapter. Um, so we wanted to, I guess, talk with both of you a little bit about um, the transition, um, you know, from a Student and New Professionals group, which I inadvertently called the group uh, a group multiple times during the first podcast. Several times. Many times. Just a few. But um, yeah, so we wanted to talk about um, transitioning now to making uh, the, the, the group uh, a full-fledged chapter uh, of ASBPA and kind of what that's, that process has been like. So I don't know, I guess, Eve, do you want to maybe talk a little bit uh, about how that's, that process worked? Yeah, um, Taylor and I partnered up on this. So feel free to chime in with, with some of the technical stuff. Um, it, we were originally a committee um, which is chaired by by chairs, and we have usually two chairs, so we would be co-chair. Um, and at a certain point, there was discussion of whether it would be beneficial for the group to become a chapter. And, you know, like, there's all these technicalities about what a committee is and what a chapter is. And um, there's the, a couple other committees at, in ASBPA, including the Science and Technology Committee, for example, and I think there's the Policy or Government Affairs Committee. And they are generally just groups of ASBPA members who are interested in that particular thing and will call in for monthly uh, discussions and updates. And um, that serves us well. You know, we get to talk, we get to plan things but it does not guarantee us representation on the board. And um, there was usually historically a board member um, representing the student and new professional committee because of the student chapter at uh, Stevens, which is awesome. But you know, if we aim to have more student chapters at universities, we kind of ran into a roadblock with like, oh, are we just going to have infinite number of board seats? And I think that that's probably a no. <laughs> so we wanted to like galvanize our representation in the board, um, which is important because, you know, the board is typically not made up of students or new professionals. It's usually very, very experienced professionals, folks who haven't been students in a long time. And I think that, you know, we feel that the voice of the, you know, next generation of coastal engineers and scientists should be there at the table. Um, so that was one of the primary reasons in my mind why we wanted to 
pursue becoming a chapter. Um, I don't know, Taylor, you want to talk about maybe we got a lot of support from, from Derek and others on this. Um, and the process was a little bit tough, but we made it happen. Yeah. I definitely want to give credit to Derek Brockbank. So he helped us out a lot with guiding us on, um, specifically like the, the, the bylaws of the group. So basically, um, the model bylaws, the purpose and intent of the group and stuff like that. And I think that was something that was also helpful in forming the S&P chapter because that gave us some structure in the board chairs and like the members of S&P. So, yeah, so we have the, the president, we have vice president, and then we have three chairs. I guess, chairs. So we have the social chair, Coastal University's guide chair, and the treasurer. Um, so this was in the bylaws. We do have to update it now because Marissa also joined technically um, as the podcast chair. Represent. So, <laughs> yeah, so we have we have a pretty, pretty solid board um, and its members in both student roles and professional roles, which gives us a really good balanced group. And yeah, the board uh, members are really great for us because the previous structure, um, there were only really two, you know, people in a a position of, um, you know, control or quote unquote power in the group. And now we're able to better, you know, delegate some tasks so that one person can take on the coastal universities guide, for example, one person can focus on the podcast. Um, and then we can do all of these things. We can do more things and we can do more things better with the structure as well. Yeah. I think, you know, some of those struggles that you mentioned in terms of transitioning into a chapter, I, I can remember the Stevens student chapter kind of going through the same, uh, the same struggles. Um, in our case, it was between both, you know, fulfilling the ASBPA requirements, but also our, our university requirements for student chapters of or student organizations. So, it's definitely not a trivial thing to make that transition. So, you know, I, I give you and Taylor all the credit for taking on such an important task. And you know, I think your you know your description of it, you know, about wanting to have that representation on the board and um, thinking that your point of view is really important. Um, I think that just echoes, we talked a little bit last time about, you know, my experience with the group and sort of how it came to be. And I think everything that you just talked about is kind of what the vision was when the student and new professionals, you know, group began. It was how do we get, you know, young voices involved and recognizing how important it was. And I think it's, it's great that uh, you and Taylor have kind of along with many other people have taken it um, that next step. Yes. And we hope that, you know, we put in a lot of work. Taylor and I spent hours, you know, figuring out this transition and making it happen. And now that it's on the books, we can hand this to the next, you know, people who come into leadership positions with SMP and they're already set up. They're already ready to go. We've got a place for them, whoever's, you know, the president role on the board. And so that will, you know, continue for years and years, hopefully. And um, we're just trying to set up a better legacy for the students and new professionals group with ASBPA. Nice. That's so awesome. Thanks guys for like doing all the legwork and then I'll just join and help out some and then help run this podcast, you know, (laughs) we're having fun here. We all team team. Let's go team. But speaking of which, I do want to shout out. So Derek Brockbank was mentioned and just a shout out to him. He is one of the hosts of a podcast on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. You can check out his uh, Capital Beach podcast for more info on more policy related things. He worked out of Washington, D.C. for many years now, um, ever since that I've known him, and I believe he still is. So go ahead and check that out. Yeah, you want to learn some acronyms, um, you know, want to learn about WERDA, get up in there. So many, so many acronyms, so many things. 
that require money. Yeah, Derek, Derek is great. Derek, Derek, we were fortunate to have Derek come visit us at Stevens several times and um, gave us some updates on the policy side. And as as engineers and scientists, it's something sometimes something that we uh, maybe we try to avoid it a little bit um, because it scares us, or I, I don't know. But he has again, just like uh, many of the people we've talked to, he has a great way of kind of breaking it down and. Um, you know, making it, making all of the, that alphabet soup understandable and, and um, relatable. So we're very thankful for the, the time that he spent uh, with us at, at ASBPA um, making things happen for us as a group. For sure. And that's why John and I have Heather Wade, our third co-host as well, a co-host because she is a policy person and she will be bringing that policy perspective to this podcast in future episodes. So stay tuned if you're interested. Yeah, so, so I guess one of the questions um, that we have is, you know, for, for, for people that may want to get involved with the, the student and new professionals chapter, what's, what's the best way to uh, have them come be a part of that, that, that chapter? So we are always happy to uh, have more folks involved. And, you know, if you're already a member of ASBPA, we always have a presence at the conferences, be they virtual or in person. Um, but if you are not a member of ASBPA, we still encourage you to join the group and participate in the calls. Um, and I think, you know, our chapter is a much more welcoming and open chapter to folks who aren't necessarily members because we're geared towards students and new professionals and, you know, undergraduate and graduate students alike often don't have a couple hundred bucks to throw around to join an organization, but we want to offer them the camaraderie, the support of their of peers. You know, so if you are interested in um, getting involved with ASBPA SNP, you can email us at asbpa.snp@gmail.com, um, and Taylor and I, you know, keep our eye on that inbox, and we'll get back to you and add you to the list if you if you want to be a part of the calls. Yeah, and we have monthly meetings, and we all meet on Zoom now um, and just discuss everything that's gone on in the past month. And it's a pretty, pretty open conversation. Um, at this point, it's been a consistent group for a while. So we all got to know each other and keep up with each other. So it's it's a really nice meeting and break from work sometimes to join these calls. And I, and I can just say, ha- having participated in multiple different committees of the science and technology committee or the shore and beach editorial board and student and new professionals calls. Um, certainly you guys do a great job of, of, of easing everybody's anxiety and kind of making it a very welcoming environment. And I think, you know, certainly, um, you know, having those connections is it's an important part of what we do in the coastal field. I'm, I'm constantly surprised by, uh, how small the world is in terms of, um, people that, you know, you run into that may have worked with somebody else that you know, or a former graduate student. And, you know, those connections that you can make through a group like SMP is, uh, you know, are invaluable. So uh, again, great job for great job, uh, Taylor and and Eve and kind of pushing the group forward and elevating the status of the chapter. So Welcome. One of the things that we, we did want to take a minute to to talk about is the Coastal Universities Guide, um, something that um, ASBPA has been promoting a bit lately. And uh, I know Eve, you and Taylor were very involved in kind of its creation. And, and maybe can you give us a little bit of perspective behind kind of what the what the idea was and take us sort of from the idea genesis all the way up to kind of the full-fledged uh guide as it exists now? Yeah. So the Coastal Universities Guide original idea was um, kind of stewing for some time, I think, amongst the ASBPA board. Um, They wanted to, well, I think they recognized that there was an, there was a little bit of a disconnect between um, university curricula and the knowledge of coastal uh, careers, I guess. So, you know, most of us who are currently in the coastal field may not have known that being a coastal engineer or coastal scientist was a possibility until after our undergraduate experience, because typically you'll major in just civil engineering or 
environmental engineering or geology um, and the specific field of uh, coastal focused uh, areas of work isn't necessarily something that you're aware of. Um, and so I think, and yet there's a huge need for coastal practitioners, right? So um, we, you know, thought, okay, so maybe we should try to create some kind of a communication tool that will present to prospective students all of these opportunities that are there for them. And so we, and so the Coastal Universities Guide concept was kind of born with that. We wanted to develop um, basically a database of universities and programs that offered coastal specialties or a coastal focus just to enable folks to be aware that that's a viable career option. Um, and so the Students and New Professionals um, you know, group at the time, as well as the Science and Technology group, uh, with the help from Nicole Elko, we, we collected you know, a couple hundred different programs and put them in this interactive map tool. And so now um, anybody who's interested in checking out what their options are for getting a degree in coastal science can go in here and click around, um, go to the web page um, and just see, you know, the different focuses that are that are available between, you know, coastal geology, engineering, oceanography, environmental stuff, policy stuff, and just be more aware of what's out there and available. I would say that that's really important. I think one of the things that we suffer from as a, a coastal profession is uh, we, we need to hire a better public relations firm, I think, uh, because I, literally between the story, Eve, your story about how you got into coastal um, and just thinking over the past week, I've literally heard three people uh, talk to me about how they didn't realize coastal existed and um, you know how great it is once they found out that it did exist. So you know, we definitely need to do a better job of publicizing what we do, especially if we enjoy it as much as we do. So I think the, the Coastal Universities Guide um, is, a, is a good uh, step in that direction. Yeah. And I want to shout out Mariah McBride for kind of taking the first stab at creating it. We went back and forth between a bunch of different platforms um, and she put together something like a conceptual design in Prezi uh, where we could potentially have all the programs in there, but then it kind of morphed into the Prezi being an introduction to what coastal science and engineering is and what coastal scientists and engineers do. And so we still do have that. And she kind of got us moving. Um, and then we, we hit the ground running with the rest of it. So if you're interested in checking out the Coastal Universities Guide, there's a page on the ASBPA website for it. So um, you can just Google search ASBPA Coastal Universities Guide and um, click the first thing that comes up So, because the link's kind of long. We will also provide a link in the description because we can do that because we're a podcast. How neat is that? So, so um, is, there a, is, is there a specific, so if, if people have any, uh, questions related to the Coastal Universities Guide, is that something they would reach out to the Coastal Universities Chair? Um, I mean, yeah, that is an option. I'd say probably direct it to our uh, ASBPA SNP email, which I think we can probably also put in the description. Our Coastal, our, uh, Coastal Universities Guide Chair is Wendy Laurent, and she will be leading the transition of this uh, guide to its kind of permanent home because we, you know, fiddled around with it and created it. And it was, it's originally just on my own personal ArcGIS online account, it, not personal, my work account, but it needs to go somewhere where it's going to stay forever. Um, and so that's kind of her current, you know, goal that she's working on. Yeah. And another great thing about the guide is that it has a, a big audience. So students can use it, high school students to see um, what universities are available to go to for undergrad um, there's an option to filter for grad school. So undergrad students also could look for grad school specifically. And then even professionals can use the tool to see um, what schools are, are um, providing 
students with the right background, coastal background. So I think it's it's a good tool that that covers a wide range of applications. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. It's certainly um, something that I wish. Thinking back about my own personal career in coastal engineering and how I got involved, it's it's certainly something that you know I wish I knew about when I was you know looking for college, both undergrad as well as graduate school. So um, I think it provides a, a valuable service to students and new professionals, and as you said, even older professionals, people that maybe thinking about going back to graduate school or looking for the right. Um, employees with the right type of experience. So uh, congratulations on kind of putting that and getting that together. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we're, we're kind of interested to hear a little bit about, I mean, you've, you've accomplished so much in terms of uh, transitioning, you know, from uh, a committee into a, a full-fledged chapter. What, what, what do you see as the, the future uh, of, of SMP? Where, do you, where, do, where would you like to go uh, next in the next couple of years and maybe even longer term? That's a good question. Um, I think one of our goals in the near future is to expand student chapters to other universities. So right now, Stevens is the only university with an official um, SMP or ASBPA group or chapter. So I think that having uh, other student chapters at other universities is kind of the next step in getting more students involved and kind of broadening um, the scale of the, of the group. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, we're on the right track. We've done so much in the past few years. I'd agree with Taylor that that's the primary, you know, next step is to um, get these smaller uh, university-based groups active because as a, you know, national uh, group, we, we, you know, we're going to be a virtual meeting group forever. We were before COVID and we're going to be after COVID because most of us are very far apart. So I think to get that, you know, face-to-face interaction um, within a group like that is really important. And we do get to do it uh, typically at our coastal conferences, but to have something more regular, I think is, is really good. And it will kind of strengthen the community in a way that you can't do virtually. Um, I hope that in in kind of a a less tangible way, our group continues to just grow with participation, grow with the number of, you know, committed and involved members, which it has been. And I I just hope it keeps going because the more students and new professionals that are really invested in the group, the stronger our community is and the more it will keep people uh, drawn in and involved and engaged. And I think that that's so key to welcoming new students into the community of coastal science and engineering and keeping them. Because if they come to a conference and are welcomed by their peers, you know, at the same level in their career, they're going to feel at home. They're going to feel like they are um, accepted, you know, like their ideas are not too small to be spoken out. Like, you know, we've all been in that place in our careers where we're a new student or whatever presenting for the first time, we feel like an imposter, you know, (laughs) it's a whole discussion. And I think being surrounded by people who are at your level, who are like, no, we're, we're good. We're legit. You're here. We're here with you is, is really valuable. Um, And so I hope that that can be our place in the group is kind of the, you know, new student welcoming committee. You are, you know, safe here, you can learn, you can speak. um, And, you know, you don't have to feel alone as a as a newbie. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with that. And ultimately, our goal with SMP is to help students in networking with professionals, to help students network with each other, um, and provide career guidance, professional development, and kind of all work toward our same goal in in career development together and to have people in similar fields to lean on and to talk about different things with. 
Preach, guys. Love both of that. Um, both of those things, all of those points. Um, that's definitely something that I feel every student uh, experiences, every new professional experiences, and that's exactly where we want to be. Um, so thanks so much. Snaps for you. We definitely need that in this community for sure. And so any undergraduate coastal folks listening, any undergraduate or graduate any field interested in coastal, um, please feel free to reach out to um, the these wonderful ladies, Eve Eisman and Taylor Zimmerman, at the email address that we will provide in the description, and check out the Coastal Universities Guide to learn more about it. If you want to start, if you're a coastal person and you want to start a chapter, thinking about starting a chapter at your local at your university feel free to reach out to us and re reach out to even Taylor to get more information about that, how to go about the process and learn more about it um, to maybe kick that off. That would be great. Help us help you. Yeah. And I, and I, and I just add certainly, um, you know, we're, we're represented, the Stevens chapter is well represented at, at most of the ASBPA conferences um, and certainly reach out to any of our student members um, or even myself personally, um, be happy to try to get more student chapters running. I think that's a, a very valuable thing for ASBPA uh, to start more of these student uh, student chapters. Just a, a, just a technical question, maybe even Taylor. So with the with the new new student chapters at universities, would those be would those come into ASBPA um, on their own as chapters, or are they going to eventually transition to coming in under the SMP chapter? That's a, a good question, and I think I think it would have to depend on the school situation, because I know certain universities have their own rules with with chapters and groups. But ultimately, if if we get enough chapters and if we get enough schools, um, that's something we could talk about: is having SMP like help out and and kind of host those chapters within the universities. Very cool. Um, I think um, we're at a point where I think we're going to begin to wrap up, but I think there's, you know, one valuable, I think probably the most valuable question that we saved for last. I want to get uh, Eve, both your and Taylor's um, responses. Um, what advice would you give someone uh, that wants to get into a career uh, similar to yours? Yeah. Wow. That is, it's, a big question. Um, and I mean, you know, all of us making our way to our current stage in our careers have made mistakes, have had successes. I'd say, you know, if you're in an undergraduate stage in your life, um, looking to the future, um, just, you know, that it's not super important what your undergraduate degree is in, just make sure it's in the sciences. For me, I'm a research physical scientist. Um, I'm not an engineer, but you could major in an engineering field. You can major in a science field and then just start looking at uh, graduate schools. And I'd say the best path would be to find a graduate assistantship that will pay you for your work. You will be a TA, you will be a research assistant, and you'll get your uh, master's or PhD in your field um, without having to work a side job and without having to take out loans to get that degree. Um, I think it's one of the most important decisions you'll make is who your advisor is going to be. So do a lot of searching, talk with their existing or previous students um, before making that decision. And, you know, check out the Coastal Universities Guide for your options. Um, and you know, the final thing I'll say to set yourself up for real success, if you want to get into a field similar to mine, which would be federal research science or, you know, government research science in the coastal realm, make those connections with coastal researchers in the federal government before you graduate. Get those people on your committee, you know, work with their data collaborate with them. They'll, they won't say no, you know, to a excited student wanting to talk or collaborate a little bit. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. They are going to love it. You know, there's no need to be intimidated to just email somebody um, that you look up to or that you think 
you aspire to be in a similar position. So I'd say those are my my tips on setting yourself up for success. Those are those are those are absolutely great. Um, Taylor, what about you? Do you have anything uh, uh, any great advice for new uh, up and coming uh, students and new professionals? Yeah, I would say my my biggest piece of advice would be to get involved in as much as you can while you're in undergrad or in grad school or even just starting out in a job. Um, because getting involved in things, you network and you learn what you like and what you don't like. So, um, yeah, so getting involved in different groups. So, like, get involved in, I guess, for me as an engineer, um, I'm involved in ASCE, COPRI, um, ASBPA. And the connections and the networking that I've done through these groups have opened up a lot of doors for me that I think I wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to do. So, yeah, get involved, network. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. Uh, if you don't like it, that's a positive because you learned like, hey, this is something that maybe I don't want to pursue. Um, let me go with this other thing that I'm a little bit more passionate about. So, yeah, getting involved is is the biggest thing, making those connections and seeing where that takes you. Absolutely. I just want to quickly echo that because that is exactly my path through undergrad into graduate school to where I am now. I can trace back my entire career path to a single point and I decided to join a single organization and that was the catalyst to my entire internship experience, all of my internship experiences through undergrad, through graduate school, and that's what brought me to where I am now. So I can't I can't emphasize enough, praise that enough. Like, definitely, don't be afraid to get involved. Uh, it will, it can really change your life. So, so the scary thing is, although this is only episode two, I was literally going to say, Marissa, that sounds very familiar to what we had talked about last week, and actually my own experiences as well. Um, I think that uh, you know, I think uh, although coming from different people, sometimes the advice is relatively similar. I think you know, just kind of hitting on some of those high points, you know, getting involved, um, finding the right organizations and the right people and surrounding yourself with the right people um, certainly puts you on a, on a path to success. And I think that, again, is part of the purpose of this SMP group, right? The, the SMP chapter is to facilitate those interactions amongst those people um, that ultimately will put the students and new professionals in the best place um, to be successful in their career. Um, so I think, you know, I think with that, I think we're going to probably end this episode on a high note. Um, I would like to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, and I'd like to especially thank our, our guests, uh, Eve and Taylor. Um, you're both amazingly accomplished individuals at a very young age. And I applaud you for taking on what I assume it's at points felt like a Herculean task to transition this, uh, this group into a, a chapter of ASBPA. I think, um, I think the SMP group is in good hands moving forward. Um, as we're on our way out, I do want to remind everyone that uh, registration for the ASBPA National Coastal Conference with the theme Go Resilience. Um, no, it's not going coastal, but it's Go Resilient. Um, is open. Uh, that conference is being planned for September 28th to October 1st in the lovely city of New Orleans. So if you've never been to New Orleans, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a wonderful place to have a conference. Oh, I'm hoping to go. My first trip uh, to New Orleans, also like first work trip since the dark times started. Exciting. Yeah, it should be, it should be a great time. And you know, one of the fun parts of our, our conferences is that the SNP chapter um, social chair is typically responsible for uh, scheduling some social activities, uh, which everybody enjoys, whether it's a, a volleyball uh, challenge in which the engineers always beat the geologists, right, Eve? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> or mini golf or whatever the trivial pursuit yeah. 
can we plug what we're doing this this year? Sure, sure, definitely. Go for it. So this year we'll be having a scavenger hunt throughout the French Quarter. So you and a group of up to five people will get the chance to uh, follow some clues um, that we have written out to uh, take pictures of your group at a number of very historical or notable places around the French Quarter, including um, museums, different outdoor spaces, and a variety of bars. So um, please come and participate in that. Of course, we'll be having the um, annual student and new professional mixer, which um, is just a great platform for students and new professionals to talk with some of the more experienced, sometimes legendary names in the field as well. So um, we'll be having a few events and hopefully we'll see a lot of folks there. Awesome. Awesome. So I will be there. Taylor, will you be there? Yes, I plan on going. Excellent. John, will you be there? I will, and hopefully we'll be bringing a number of our Stevens student chapter students as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. But Eve, are you going to be there? <laughs> Your uh, question mark uh, intonation is correct because I'm probably not. I am actually transitioning back into graduate school um, starting this fall. I'm beginning a PhD um, at the University of North Carolina. Um, and I'll be stepping away from my role at the Army Corps for a little while. So I, yeah, it's like exciting you know, new chapter. Yeah, definitely. But like, I don't, you know, who's going to pay for it? <laughs> I'm like at that point in between where like, I can't really justify it. So sadly, ugh, and it's funny because I live kind of close to New Orleans right now, but just delay the move. It's fine. It'll, it'll all be fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'll be okay. Taylor, will, you'll be in good hands. She'll be there. Yes, we'll miss you, but the love, the camaraderie, everything about SNP will still be there with this bunch. Yes, it will. And I guess with that, we'll we'll sign off and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back for episode three uh, next month. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.